From Relay FM, this is Analog episode number 36. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price, and Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by the editor-in-chief of CaseyList.com, Casey List. <laughs> The curiously named CaseyList.com. Now, uh, yes. <laughs> how's it going, yeah, Mike? CaseyList.com, Federica Petici. Right? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that because well, it might have been you. Somebody made the point to Jason Snell that naming it SixColors.com was a good idea and leaves him that possibility. And at the time, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then, of course, Dan Morin starts writing for Six Colors on a regular basis. And I was like, oh, that guy was right. And I can't say your name because we were just talking about how I'm tired of Mike being right all the time. It does have the the loop problem, um, where I think at least me anyway, like I instinctively think everything's Jason, and then sure. check. It's like, oh no, that's Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we've already derailed ourselves, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Busy a uh, couple of weeks. I had CocoCon last week. I like we had recorded from the hotel room. I have now completed my presentation. Um, there were very few vegetables thrown at me, so I consider that a uh, success. So life is good. So you were happy with the way it went overall? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's it's hard to tell how these things go, especially because um, the audience is a bunch of nerds. And in general, when you have a captive audience, you can expect that a lot of them are just going to be head down looking at a phone. But when it's an audience full of nerds, oftentimes most of them are head down looking at a phone. <laughs> and so it's kind of hard to tell um, how well it was received. But a handful of people come up after, after uh, the talk and say, like over the next day and a half or whatever, and say, oh, it was really good. It was really inspiring, blah, blah. So uh, I was very appreciative of that. I was appreciative of the opportunity to do it. I think it went well. Um, when it's all said and done, I'm I'm pleased with it. I think my slide deck was pretty good. Um, I'm I'm very proud of the fact that the slide deck is completely unintelligible without me narrating it, because in my personal opinion, if you yep. if you have a slide deck where you can figure out exactly what the speech was, then you've already failed. Now that's a little different for nerd talks, like the regular talks during CocoConf, because you have to have so much code on there and blah blah blah. But for a presentation like this, which um, was probably more like the sorts of presentations that I I envision you having given in your job, job, uh, in that it was. It was inspirational. It was kind of, you could say, marketing, maybe. Um, so I, I feel like very few words is the way to go. And mine had, I don't know, it was an 80-slide deck, and I would say there were maybe 50 words on the whole thing, something like that. So, like, across all 80 slides. Yeah, I, I limit myself to titles and images, typically, with things like this. Yeah, I try to keep any slide, even for technical talks... I try to keep any slide to about 10 words or less if I can. For technical talks, I break that rule a lot. This time, with the exception of one slide where I wrote a quote on it, um, I think this one I kept to probably under five, generally speaking. And uh, What was I, the topic of your talk anyway? So the topic, the name of the talk was Go For It. Um, and the topic was balancing your side hustle with your jobby job. And some thoughts about doing a side hustle, about getting started on a side hustle, and then once you're started with a side hustle, then what do you do? And um, in in part, I talked about you and I starting Analog and how it was a terrible, awful decision, and I'm very glad I did it because Aaron was 
you know, six or seven months pregnant at that point. I've already, I'm already doing another podcast. I've already got a regular job. I had no time to do this. And yet I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I'm glad I did. So you, you made an appearance in both CocoConf presentations, although this is one you did not have a speaking role. Last year, you had a speaking role in my presentation. Did I? Yeah, I'm not kidding. You really did. What like did I, you do? I stole, um, gosh, what was it? I just listened to it the other day, too. I stole, was it Uncommon Space? It might have been. It was you talking about um, basically cold calling Patrick Roan, if I remember right. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so I had the image of you. It looked like you were at somebody's wedding or something like that. It was a black and white image. And you're, My brother's wedding. Yeah, and you're, you were facing the camera, but your head was down. And I think you might have been speaking at a microphone at the time, maybe giving a toast. And so I had that on screen with you retelling the story of, um, of basically cold calling Patrick Roan and how that led to you guys being friends and that kind of led to you being a podcaster. That was all last year. Oh, interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was that. Huh, yep. Look, and then look uh, at me. You're, you're a guest star in all, two for two of my CocoCon presentations. That's that's how much I love you. All right, so, so we have some other follow-up, uh, starting with how you can learn Romanian. Yep, uh, quite a bit of follow-up um, ab- about this topic. Uh, since we moved the show, like, basically, we record on Tuesdays and release on Sundays. Follow-up has been a bit, like, all over the map because we still receive follow-up for the show well after we've recorded the next episode. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a fundamental problem in the recording schedule. But I'm working <laughs> to 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 deal with that uh, and make this process a bit better. But I've received many emails um, about this uh, subject about learning languages. The first comes from Johans, uh, and Johans has wrote in to suggest memorize. M-E-M-R-I-S-E, and they have a Romanian 101 course. Um, whilst I was in Romania, uh, Memrise was an app that I came across and downloaded, and I remember not liking the app, um, which is frustrating. Uh, but maybe I need to suck it up and actually try it out. But I downloaded the app and didn't like, didn't really care for the design um, at all. But maybe I'll need to give it another go. Hmm, fair enough. You, you, I don't know if you're like this, but I kind of have my heart set on Duolingo now. Oh, yeah? but And they do or do not support Romanian? They're working on it. Oh, well... So it's like in my brain, in my brain, but it's also giving me that like that, that, that hit of procrastination juice. <laughs> have, I, have I explained to you my, my uh, th- this thing that I've created that i need to try and give a a a name to is it's a it's a method of work that i now employ i don't think so this doesn't ring any bells anyway i think the working title is procrast work nation something (laughs) something along those lines uh I, i people can help me with a better title it's basically wherein i procrastinate from a task by working on other things Oh, which sure. is a very peculiar form of procrastination. Like, but it's it's where I and I keep finding myself do this. It's like I don't want to do this. How about I I be really super productive today, so I don't have to do the thing that I want to do that I don't want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been there. Like, I have something I have to do today, but instead of doing that, I'm going to do ten tasks from tomorrow instead. 
Um, it's a, it's a for, it's a interesting form of procrastination in which I do more work uh, than the <laughs> thing at hand. So is it really procrastination anymore? I mean, yes, by definition, you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing, but you're still accomplishing good work. So is it really procrastination? This is why I'm trying to give it a, a new word term. <laughs> and tell me what it was one more time. Well, the the, the working title is Procrast Work Nation, but it's terrible. I'm just trying to find to, to put the words procrastination and work together. Uh, di- um, Diag or Ruber in the chat uh, said work rastination. I kind of like that. I like work rastination, work rastination way more, even though it's equally hard to say. <laughs> I, I dig it. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll have a talk about it after the show, and we'll figure out what the uh, singularly blessed term is for this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just one of those things. Now it's given me an excuse to procrastinate because I know that there is an app and a service that I like and want to use, and it's it's giving me, you know. Oh, what have we got here? Procrastivity from Slade four hundred one. I quite like that as well. Um, I think that's even harder still to say. They're all horrible to say because uh, it's putting a word inside of a very long word. Well, what's the term for that that I also cannot pronounce? I think I've tried it on the show before, like portmanteau or something like that. I can't oh, it's portmanteau. It. That's it. Oh, so you can actually pronounce that word. See, I can't even get that far. Why don't you tell us about what uh, Holger had to say as well, please? Um, this is from Holger. Listening to your show, I like this piece of feedback. Actually, this is a this is this is a sandwich in between two pieces of language feedback. Um, listening to your show and many others of your social community, ATP and other relay shows, for example, I often hear the term friend of the show. But what do you mean with this term? Who is a friend of the show? Is it a person listening to the shows of joy? Is it a personal friend of yours who likes the show? And when do you call somebody a friend of the show? Now, this is one of those things. Term friend of the show, a five by five show of some description i believe must have coined this like, i think you're that, right that, for me to hear it anyway you know mm-hmm. and and i picked up it may be a merlinism uh i'm not sure it may be something that dan said i don't know but now it's one of those things where it's like i just it's just a, a term friend of the show you're a friend of the show typically means pretty much one on all of the above um holger so i tend to use friend of the show uh in a term when talking about someone if they are a uh, a person who has uh, made some sort of contribution to the podcast in some kind of way. Um, maybe they are especially active in the chat room or they have been on an episode or they are just a friend of ours, um, of mine and Casey's, or they are somebody who we look up to that we know listens to the show. Um, and we and we want to, at least I do this anyway, and, and I, I like to say friend of the show to be like, Yes, I am very happy that you listen to my podcast. Please continue listening. <laughs> Friend of the show, John Syracuse. I'm um, not even sure if he listens to the show, actually. Well, he mentions it, and sometimes he's in the chat room. And it's one of the more frequent shows I see him in the chat room for. So I assume he's tu- tuning in for you. Because, uh, you know, uh, you who, don't know that. who wouldn't tune in for Casey? I don't know, man. You have a delightful accent. So could well, be, thank you, could go old bean. Um, so yeah that that's what i tend to use the friend of the show uh moniker for may i expand upon that 
I would love it if you would, please, sir, to take the floor. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we got really parliamentary there all of a sudden. That was intense. Uh, things escalated quickly. Uh, so I agree with everything that Mike just said. However, I will also add that there were occasions on um, that I would be mentioned on, like Hypercritical or Build and Analyze and, and other shows as well, although I can't think of anyone, any others off the top of my head. And I would be mentioned as just Casey Liss. And that would bum me out a little bit. Not and this wasn't always, but a lot of times I would be mentioned as just Caseyless, and that kind of bummed me out. Because I'm but they call friend, you just Caseyless. And, and I, again, I don't think they're the only ones that are guilty of this. But I don't know when 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 it's someone who's a friend of mine, I want to recognize the fact that they're a friend of mine. And so oftentimes, although everything you said, Mike, I agree with. Oftentimes, to me, a friend of the show is someone that I consider to be an actual friend of mine. That everyone that it, that has a microphone knows. So you could be a friend of the mm. show for ATP because everyone on ATP knows you. And similarly, I, I could be a friend of the show, I hope, for Connected or Upgrade. Um, whereas this is in contrast to just a friend of mine, like my friend Brad, who gave me the uh, fountain pen. And that's a little different because he's not a friend of everyone on the show. He's just a friend of mine. But I agree that sometimes we'll use it as an aspirational thing, like, oh, friend of the show, Jason Snell, even before I really knew Jason that terribly well. Um, so it, it could mean any number of things, but not that Holger implied this, but I can say with confidence that it's never, ever, or at least I can never remember a time that myself or any co-host has said it sarcastically. It has always been meant genuinely. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't we go back to the other slice of bread in this uh, sandwich of feedback? And uh, why don't you tell me about what Manuel said? I have a little story for Manuel. Uh, last year, I went to Japan with my girlfriend visiting friends. One time, we went to a barbecue in the countryside, and only our friend spoke Japanese, but the locals did not speak a single word of English. When our friend did not have, did not have time to translate, we also were just sitting there, um, like like I was, laughing with nicest, the nicest people on earth, trying to communicate with gestures and hand signs. None of us understood anything, but it was such a fun and memorable evening, and in the end, I accomplished to get our host drunk by accident. I did not know that in Japanese culture, you are not allowed to say no to a drink when somebody will say kampai to you, uh, which means cheers, because that would be rude. So, he always drank when I did. Unfortunately, kampai was the only Japanese word <laughs> I knew. This was one of my favorite, like, storytelling pieces of feedback that we've received i thought i can just imagine this happening and i can imagine being manuel and just thinking well this is the only word i know kanpai and next thing <laughs> you know everyone's hammered oh god that sounds delightful <laughs> oh good times i enjoyed that do you know the uh, romanian word for cheers i did when i was there i bet you did that was semi-rhetorical if if you don't remember it, you should rem you should remind yourself before you go next time. Well, the, uh, maybe cheers will be the word that I learn next time. Like you know, I said I learn yep, a yep. word every time because of the word. Like I I said it a few times and I knew it when I was there, but now I've forgotten it. Um, so maybe next time cheers can be the word that sticks in my brain. Yeah, it's a very slow way of learning the language. Once or twice a year, I I learn one more word. <laughs> Well, you'll get there eventually. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, why don't you tell us about a, a friend of the show, will you? 
I most definitely will. This week's friend of the show is our friends over at Harry's. For many of us, shaving is a pain. It is uncomfortable, it causes nicks, cuts, scrapes and razor burn, and it's also a pain on your wallet. Razor blades are really expensive. But this is where Harry's comes in. Harry's was started by two guys who wanted a better product that felt good on the skin without having to pay an arm and a leg to get to it. Harry's makes their own blades. They have high-quality, high-performing German blades that are crafted by shaving experts. You know the story by now. They love the blades so much, they purchase the factory that makes them. Harry's offers high-quality razors that give a great shave at about half the price of other big-branded blades. They ship for free to your door, Um, They also have a great starter set, which is just $15. It's going to get you a razor, moisturizing shave cream or firming shave gel, and three razor blades. On average, an everyday shaver from Harry's saves $150 a year when compared to other big uh, brand razor blade companies and manufacturers. With Harry's, your satisfaction is guaranteed because that is so important to them. I love my Harry's products. I think they look fantastic. They have a really cool and retro vibe. Um, I saw today um, them tweeting about a new little product they have. It's a, a little holder, a little stand for your razor called Stan, which I quite like. Wait, Stan <laughs> so you, the stand? Yeah, Stan the stand. That's delightful. It's a little aluminium block with a rubber kind of uh, foot on it, so you can kind of just pop your... Uh, Harry's razor blade and Stan will take care of them for you it's very nice um, all of this stuff has a real classic clean look it's got that that kind of new retro uh, design that I, I like quite a lot you know so it looks old I think I heard John Gruber say this it's like the new Mad Men style mm-hmm. you know um, I, I quite like that um, their products smell really great as well um, I love their aftershave moisturizer and the firming shave gel um, they smell really great they have a mix of eucalyptus in there that I like quite a lot Harry's razor blades keep me looking sharp I tidy up my facial hair over Harry's blade um, and they're as good as any blade that I've ever used before and better than everything else they're a fraction of the price like you can't beat that um you can experience a clean close and comfortable shave of your own with harry's go to harry's.com that's h-a-r-r-y-s.com and harry's will give you five dollars off if you use the coupon code analog with your first purchase and that will also help support this show so harry's.com coupon code analog at checkout for five dollars off and you can start shaving better today thank you so much to harry's for the continued support of this show so this was not deliberate, but a flawless execution. Well, maybe it was deliberate on your part. It wasn't deliberate on mine. But we have some Relay Your Feels from a friend of the show. We most definitely do, don't we? Uh, friends everywhere uh, today. Oh, just friends all over the place. Can't move for friends in this podcast anymore. Um, <laughs> underscore David Smith, uh, who's a friend of all podcasts, I think. That's true. Um And what he asked was, I wonder how the watch will change the communication pyramid. iMessages that tap your wrist seem way higher up. Now, we'll get to the watch shortly. Um, And this this Relay Your Feels question actually dovetails into two different topics that I want to talk to you about today. Um, But before, I I, I want to address this this part separately. But Casey, can you please, for anybody that may be uh, uninitiated, give a refresher of what the communication pyramid is? Sure. That originated with Faith and I, I believe, but I don't recall if it was on IRL Talk or on this show. It's been so long now. Do you remember? It was on IRL Talk. Okay. 
So Faith and I on IRL Talk uh, discussed what we deemed the communication pyramid. And what that was, was, you know, if you are trying to send a message to somebody and you don't really need a response, maybe at all, or maybe not quickly, well, just send them an email. And then maybe if you want a response, but it's not super quick, you know, it's okay. Send them a direct message on Twitter. Maybe if you want a response fairly promptly, but you can wait a few minutes or maybe an hour or two, send them a text message or an iMessage. And if you really, really need an answer answer desperately right now, give them a phone call. And I'm skipping a few spots here and there. But the idea being you go from little urgency and um, little obligation to reply to violently interrupting their day with a telephone call. So that's kind of the communication pyramid is that a reasonable summary yeah yeah so it's you know and then people employ this method to choose uh how they would like to to contact a a person and also you know there are there are many kind of caveats to the communication pyramid like time zones is one because it's like you know know, and it all it can all start to get a little bit messy which is how we end up with like the communication like octagon or something um Uh, I I like I like this uh, th- that really spoke to me uh, when I listened to that episode of IRL talk enough that we even had uh, faith on another episode of the show and we brought it up with her a little bit more but um, I I found this a really interesting question because obviously as soon as you strap the device to your body um all communication notifications received through that device, as I think David has pointed out quite rightly, become way more uh, personal and they become way more urgent. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is maybe different to the phone because you can leave the phone down or whatever, but you're less likely to walk away from your watch, right? You don't tend to leave your wrist. Do you tend to leave your wrist in places or do you, do you have it on you at most most times of the day uh generally speaking i do have my wrist attached now there was a song about other body parts that can come unattached but we can talk about that another time yeah i don't know what that is those of you who know what i'm thinking of are giggling like little children right now anyway moving on so what do you think about this then mr is the communication pyramid your invention i thought it was more faith than me but i like i said i don't really remember the origin story i remember being a part of the origin of the communication pyramid but i'm not entirely sure that that was my baby i think it was more faith's than mine but either way uh, in retrospect we should have uh asked faith to be on the show but that's all right apologies to faith um but yeah i think i think this the, the apple watch could interestingly change the communication pyramid and i think if you'll permit me a tangent this this has a lot to do with what purpose does the Apple Watch really serve? Because the easy way of thinking about this is that the most urgent of urgent notifications will hit your watch, or maybe even your phone more than your watch. But if it's less than a phone call, well, I guess a phone call hits your watch too, so never mind. What I'm driving at is, I would expect that if I were to get an Apple Watch that I would try to cull all of my notifications except stuff that I think is really, really, really important. Um, and, and only the really important things go to the watch. And thus, 
this could change the communication pyramid a little bit because a text message, there's an there's an implied assumption and agreement that you're going to see that in a pretty timely fashion and reply in a timely fashion. And that's before we even had something strapped to our wrists that will receive every text message. So that so if you send a text message, that kind of moves it up the pyramid a bit, right? Because it ends up that whether or not it's intended, that text message is going to be tapping on your wrist, whether you want it, whether the sender wanted it to or not. But there's another way to look at this. What if the watch serves less as an escalation mechanism and more as what a lot of people have thought about it as a triage mechanism? So what I'm saying is there's two approaches that I can fathom for setting up an Apple Watch. One is only the most strong survive. You know, it's like survival of the fittest for notifications. And only the ones that you think are really, really important make it all the way to the watch. Thus, if you happen to have your phone in your pocket and your watch on your wrist and your phone buzzes but your watch does not, then you know it's something you care about, but not necessarily something that it's worth interrupting your day over. With me so far? think so okay so that's that's the one way of doing it and so that's that that's the super um super filtered version of the apple watch the other approach which i don't think i would care for but is a reasonable approach is you know what screw it let everything through to the watch and the watch now becomes a triage so everything is hitting your watch twitter favorites twitter replies from people you don't follow follows on twitter Instagram notifications like Neil Patel or uh, forgive me, I forget how you pronounce his name. Neilai, Neilai, it doesn't matter. Neilai, thank you, Neilai. Um, maybe maybe you get those notifications on your wrist and you use that as a triage mechanism to decide what you actually do need to take action on right now or what you can just leave for later. Personally, I think that sounds terrible, but you can make an argument that the watch is well suited for doing this sort of quick triaging and thus why not just let all the notifications through. So it depends whether or not it escalates on the communication pyramid depends on how the watch wearer is treating the watch. If they're treating it like I would think I would, which is to say only the strong notifications survive, then yeah, you're escalating up the pyramid because by sending a text message, I'm going to get that on my wrist. Even if my phone is sitting on the desk, even if it's upstairs, whatever the case may be, I'm going to get it. But if I'm getting just a slew of notifications and my wrist is vibrating nonstop because of all the tapping I'm getting, then no, you're not really escalating it up the pyramid anymore, are you? That was a lot of words. I think I can see where you're going with this, though, right? Which was kind of the, the the thinking that I had on it as well. It was like the pyramid then becomes maybe... I mean, it kind of always has been this way, and some people will have taken it to this extreme, but many people wouldn't. Because we're all going to be, I think, forced to rethink the way that our devices notify us. Yep, I completely agree. That we're... Because of that, we're we're going to think slightly differently about what we let contact us and how, where previously, you know, it might have been a case of we um, we maybe have gone with defaults and may have, like, just pruned things as we were going. I think that the watch actually requires for many people who get more than a few messages a day uh, a more f- fundamental rethink. 
I completely agree. Have you been doing any, I'm, I'm going to call it work, but that's probably a poor choice of word uh, words. Uh, or have you been doing any work on your notifications in anticipation of the Apple Watch? Well, I did some for the Pebble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I when I got my Pebble, uh, I removed some notifications because originally I had the vibration motor on. Um, gotcha. So I probably could do with more doing more work now. Gotcha. Because I turned the vibration motor off, so it just lights up. Interesting. Um, I, I I was talking on ATP. I think it was the last episode. I don't recall exactly when it was. And John was going on and on about whether you should really be notified about all sorts of things. And I was listening to this on ATP, and as I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, he's right. I shouldn't be getting notified for all these things. And as he was going on this rant, as we're recording ATP, I picked up my phone and I turned off a slew of notifications, just a ton of them. So not only do, like a lot of times I'll turn off a notification sound so I don't get any buzzing. I don't get anything that interrupts me, but I'll allow it to hit the lock screen. In this case, I turn them completely and entirely off. And the best example I can give for this is the app deliveries, which I love. What deliveries does is it lets you track when things are going to be delivered to your house. I guess if it was in the UK, it would be called dispatches or something like that. But anyway. No, it's called deliveries. I'm just kidding. Anyway, the point being that it's a really, really great um, app that will ping away at FedEx and UPS and whatever, trying to figure out, okay, where is the package that you've been expecting? And it'll give you a little push notification if it sees an update. I... I think I could make a pretty solid argument that that is a reasonable thing to get notified by because it's something I'm anxious for, whatever it is, maybe something for Declan, maybe for Aaron, maybe for me, but it's something I'm anxious to receive and I want to know that it's making its way across the country or occasionally across the planet to me. But it was one of the many things that I turned off so that it will not hit the lock screen, It w- I will not find my thigh buzzing the only way i'm going to get an update on my deliveries is by opening the deliveries app i bring all this up because i've been dialing back on notifications on my phone for a while in fact you and i have talked about this on and off especially with regards to twitter notifications pretty much since the show started but as i'm listening to john in this episode of atp it seemed like what do i really need to know these things for why not why, why do I need that cognitive load, as much as I hate that phrase, of, oh, man, my delivery's in, in Memphis, but I don't know if it's going to make it by tomorrow, and it was due tomorrow, and, and now I have something to worry about that I wouldn't have worried about if I didn't receive that push notification. So what I've done is I've turned almost everything off. I, there's, if you look at my settings in iOS, it looks like a lot are on, but many, many, many of them are extremely low volume. But I've turned a lot of them off. In fact, most of them off. And I'm trying to see, well, what do I miss? And what I hope to do is, in about a month, I hope to write a blog post about what I do miss, what I turn back on, what I haven't turned back on. But it's already been about a week, and I haven't turned on a thing. So if I end up getting an Apple Watch, which we'll talk about, I'm hoping that this will help establish that the watch is not a triage zone. It is an escalation zone. 
Do you think you may have done some of this work a little bit prematurely? No, I think I did it too late. Way too late, in fact. I've been, okay. I've been, I'm, I'm terrible with self control, which we'll talk about later. And because of that, if my phone lights up or buzzes, I'm better than I had been about ignoring it, but I'm not good. And by not even giving me, not by not even telling me that there's something that could, that that really is demanding my attention, by not even demanding my attention, I don't have to worry about it. And I'm curious to see, and Aaron is behind enough on the show that she probably won't hear this for a while. Uh, I'm curious to see if Aaron notices. And well, let me rephrase. I'm curious to see if I get better. And then if I do get better, if Aaron notices and says to me, you know, you haven't been interrupting or been, I haven't felt interrupted by your phone as much lately. Did you do something different? That would be the perfect ending. That being said, I don't know if I'll get there because I tend to look at my phone constantly, regardless of notifications, but that would be the perfect ending. And I feel like I should have done this a long time ago. So I don't continually ignore Aaron or Declan or you or whomever. There is a thing to be said about notifications and the, the, the slices of data that they give us because sometimes if you're not being notified actively, you are going to seek the information. Yep. So, for example, in this scenario with your deliveries, now you know when items are on their way just because you know that in your brain. But now you don't see the notifications anymore, so you may be more inclined to check the app. Yeah, that's a which is that's perfectly valid. But as it turns out, we had something that we had overnighted to ourselves um, for Declan um, because we really wanted to have it sooner rather than later. And I almost forgot the darn thing was being delivered in the first place until something made me think of it, and I was like, "Oh, I should probably go check deliveries," and and I did, and so. I, by no means am I saying you're wrong. And I think this is sort of dependent on your personality. But I guess for better or worse, with me, it's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. And because of that, not getting notified, ra- I will tend to forget about it rather than what you're saying, I think, which is I haven't heard anything. Now I'm stressed out. Or just like it pops into your head and instead of just glancing at your lock screen to see if anything's come up, you unlock your phone and you open the deliveries app sure. and refresh the app. Sure. I mean, this may be, I may be worse off for doing this than, than I was by leaving all the notifications. But what I figure is I, I'm not forcing myself to, to never turn any of them back on. If it so happens that I feel like I'm opening deliveries every five minutes, then you know what? I'll turn the deliveries one back on because obviously I need it. But I guess this is a roundabout way of me deciding to opt in rather than opt out because ever since I've had an iPhone, I've opted out. And now, not literally because I didn't turn off every single one, but almost literally I am now opting in. I want to talk a little bit about Do Not Disturb. Um because I've I've mentioned that on the show before and, and what I'm thinking of in regards to the watch. But before we do that, let me thank our second sponsor of this week's episode, and that's our friends over at Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. Wealthfront software manages your money using investment strategies that were previously only available to the wealthiest of investors for just one quarter of the cost 
of using a traditional advisor. Wealthfront, monit Wealthfront monitors your account 24-7, automatically rebalancing your portfolio, reinvesting dividends, and working to maximize your after-tax returns. Wealthfront is also overseen by a team of investment experts, the same experts who launched the index fund revolution and who've written some of the most important books in finance. In case you're still not convinced, you should know that Wealthfront manages over $2 billion in client assets and has saved millions of dollars on taxes for its clients. So with Wealthfront watching over your investments every day, what will you do with all your extra time? Visit Wealthfront.com analog to get your first $10,000 managed for free. Wealthfront is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure. So we have real-time follow-up by guess who, Mike? Underscore David Smith, friend of the show. Friend of the show, underscore David Smith, who, my goodness, if I could afford it, I would employ him as my podcasting research team because he is impossibly good at finding these sorts of obscure bits of information as a podcast is happening. He is put in the chat, and we will put a link in the show notes. Uh, just check the origin of Communication Pyramid. The discussion began at 44 minutes and 33 seconds on IRL Talk number 24, with Casey asking Faith for her views on the subject. <laughs> Perfect. He's listening to the show. Perfect. How did he do this? <laughs> Amazing. I'm telling you, he, he deserves a paycheck. We got to figure out how to do this. We should kickstart David Smith. Wait, what? I don't know. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Tell me about Do Not Disturb. So I mentioned this a while ago um, about the fact that when I am with my better half, I keep my phone in Do Not Disturb. Um, and this this is for two things. One, so it doesn't bug me constantly because I do receive lots of notifications about things. Um, but also because the iPhone 6 Plus is really, really loud. What do you mean? Like the, the vibration motor? The vibration is really, really loud. Oh, so Mike was wrong. It's really loud. That's all I have to say. Uh, my understanding is there are some that are louder than others, so maybe I actually have a slightly defective one because mine is super loud, um, and, it, and it frustrates her. So I even have uh, my Do Not Disturb to not even notify me when I have the phone unlocked. Mm. It's like mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. don't get notification banners and I get notification sounds or vibrations. Now, the Apple Watch, I am wondering whether I will let it notify me or whether I will have that in Do Not Disturb as well. Interesting. So you would rely on the notifications or the glances in order to get information? So I don't know what those notifications look like yet, right? I don't know what... Because I assume you can maybe have Do Not Disturb just not make a noise and not vibrate, but show me the notifications. Mm -hmm. and then, Or then maybe I can just check notification center on the watch. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But... um. I just haven't really... I mean, I'm interested to see what I end up doing. And I'm going to try and keep the tactic on for a while. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. see, just to see what it does. Now, you have done the try-on appointment at least once, right? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what I mean is I know, I know how it feels. I just right, mean right, I want right. to see what it does to, to my managing of this type of stuff. Sure, yeah. The, the reason I ask is because, I, not that you were worried, but I would not at all be worried about it being 
audible. Certainly now, granted, I've only ever tried them in an Apple store, but I couldn't hear a thing when when the Taptic thing engine thing was doing its thing. <laughs> but um, but no, I totally hear what you're saying. And and yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's something that I've been wrestling with a lot because when I first heard some of the initial feedback about the Apple Watch, and I don't know where this came from. I don't know if this was theoretical or if this was from the couple of people who had tried them briefly, but I had heard that, oh, the watch will give you, give you your day back because it forces you to be quick with the things it does receive and it prevents you from all going and, oh, let me fix d- deal with this notification on my phone. Oh, well, now that my phone's unlocked, why don't I just see who's talked to me on Twitter in the last four seconds? So there's an argument that the watch will give you your day back and God knows I could use it because like I was saying earlier, I'm not very good with self-control. I'm not very good with being quick about doing something on my phone and I need help with it. Or alternatively, it'll make everything worse because you're being notified of far too many things. So I don't know how it'll go, but I'm curious to see. I should note that in no small part, thanks to your, and I believe underscores um, advice, and I think Bradley Chambers does something similar as well. I have turned Do Not Disturb from bedtime every night to 7 p.m. every night. And that's about when Declan goes down. And as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, maybe I should make it closer to five when I get home from work. But baby steps. What I've done is I've moved it from 10 in the evening when I'm usually crawling into bed to seven so that once it's Aaron and me time, it is just Aaron and me. And there is no one else barging in on us except basically my immediate family um, and infringing on that time because Do Not Disturb automatically comes on at seven o'clock. And I respect the crap genuinely out of you doing that when Adina is around, because I think that's a really, it's a really powerful statement of how important she is to you. And I think I need to take more uh, plays out of your playbook in that regard. There are times where it works against me. Um, If I'm waiting for something, uh, like the response to something or, or something like that, I do check my phone more often. Why not just take it out of Do Not Disturb because you have so many other um, notifications? Yeah. That's fair. See, when on the occasions when I'm waiting for something, maybe it's a phone call that I, I've prearranged. Maybe it's, I don't know, a text message. Who knows? When I'm waiting on something, I'll just take it out of Do Not Disturb. And here again, I guess kind of the theme of how I'm handling things lately is opt-in rather than opt-out. And yeah, I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do to, do the taking it out and, and seeing, you know. Right. And so... Yeah, I guess, like I said, my, in summary, what I'm trying to do with my life is just opt into these interruptions rather than opt out. But anyway, anything else on Do Not Disturb? That was a really good uh, sidebar. I appreciate it. No. Uh, I want to talk about the Apple Watch. Oh, we're out of time. All right, got to go. So you bought one. Maybe. I want you to talk through this process with me. I refuse to talk through this process with you. I will not. I will not. Well, you wrote it up on your website, I so know. it's public knowledge. I know. Um, so, so you didn't wake up early because you were doing your talk, right? That remained. That is... Okay, so I didn't wake up early. I'm telling myself I didn't wake up early because I have self-control, and I didn't think it was necessary to wake up early and buy a watch that I may or may not even really want. The reality of the situation, however, is I had that talk and I didn't want to be a zombie um, when I was doing said talk. So, no, I did not wake up early. It was because of the talk. I woke up at 7 naturally. I think it was a few minutes before I'd set my alarm Friday morning. And I rolled over. 
I looked at Twitter and saw I had 300 unread um, tweets. Not to me, just in general. My timeline had 300 unread tweets. Even though I do find some comedy in living through the three o'clock order with everyone, I immediately decided I do not have the time this morning to read all of those. I declared Twitter bankruptcy, scrolled to the top. The next we were thing hanging I, out in the relay chat room, the I, live chat. Like a bunch of nerds. I'm actually kind of jealous. but That was fun. I, I bet it was, and I'm not being sarcastic. Um, so after I scrolled to the top of my 330 or whatever it was tweets, the very next thing I did was open the Apple Store app on my iPhone and look at what the situation was. I saw that the watch that, well, let me, let me back up just a smidge. I had told myself I really wanted the absurdly expensive $1,100, I believe it's Space Black with Link Bracelet. I always get black and gray confused. I did not order that. What I ended up doing was doing the cheap knockoff, which is the Space Gray, he says with no so, confidence. So you were ordered immediately? I ordered within 10 minutes of waking up. <laughs> I thought that you'd gone for your try-on. And then ordered. Nope. <laughs> you just completely caved. Completely and utterly <laughs> caved. Completely and utterly caved. I say that with a smile because amazing. it is funny, but I'm actually genuinely not proud of this. So the well, thought process... It's very peculiar to me. I don't understand why you did this. Because the thought process was... I, I feel... This is a very thin argument, but I feel some amount of obligation to live with one for at least a little while for the purposes of ATP and to a lesser degree this show. Yeah, but this we have had these conversations. You have had these conversations on ATP. This thing everybody was telling you this, but you were like, nope. You know? Yeah. That's that's what I find weird. Like I don't it was exactly what we've been talking about with justification for the le weeks leading up. And then I, I was listening to ATP Today where you guys at the end are like talking about it. And you're still kind of like, you're humming and hawing over it a little bit. But like it seemed like the prevailing thought was like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm not going to buy one straight away. But like I'd expected, I mean, I don't know if you'd put this in your post and I'd maybe I'd skim read it or whatever because I did read that. But I, I had thought that, because I saw that you went to the try-on appointment. It was on Instagram or something mm -hmm, or on mm -hmm. Twitter. So I had assumed that you'd been for the try-on, was as blown away as most people are by have been by their try-on experience, and then placed your order. I, I don't know, and please correct me if I should have known this, that you ordered just first thing that you did when you woke up. No, I don't think I made that plain in my blog post. So the order of events was... I had arranged with my friends, uh, Joel and Steph Hausman, to go and crash their try-on appointment. Joel had woken up in, at three in order to arrange his try-on, and he had registered for one for his wife as well. And so I prearranged to go with them over lunch that Friday to just observe their try-on appointment. So I didn't have a—the first time I had an Apple Watch on my wrist was Sunday once I was home from the conference in D.C., when I woke up Friday, I think a couple of things happened. One, I caved like Aaron and pretty much everyone else told me I would. Two, I saw that the orders or the Apple Watch orders weren't shipping until June and I started to freak out. Because it's one thing if, say, you get your watch, yours is due to arrive in the first batch, as far as you can tell, right? So at the end mm -hmm. of next week or soon thereafter, is that correct? Mm hmm. Okay. Yep. So let's suppose that I woke up and they weren't sold out. They were still shipping during that time frame. No big deal. 
Then you get your watch and you say to me, holy crap, this thing is amazing. You have to have one. Then I order one. And that's that. No big deal. But when I saw June, it was like, I don't know, you're a marketing guy. It's it was uh, there's probably some term for this, but I started freaking out. And I was thinking to myself, if this is something I really want and if this is something we want to talk about on ATP in a timely fashion, I, I got to hit the go button now and then I can react after because I've got two months to figure out if I even want to cancel the darn order in the first place. Yeah, but, you know, June is is too late for ATP, though, right? Probably. Well, it it, it kind of is like. I mean, April, end of April, and then you may look at middle of June, so you'll be looking like nearly close to two months, maybe. Again, I'm not trying to turn you to talk you out of this because I maintain that you should own one. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing is that I'm just trying to get my head around is what changed and why so quick. Um, and I think I'm I'm starting to unpack that a little bit. You had, you had FOMO. I think in some, that's actually exactly how I was going to start the conversation, but I I didn't want to say it. But yes, that's absolutely. So for true. anybody that doesn't know what that means, FOMO F O M O is fear of missing out. That's you you saw that and you were like, everybody else is going to have one and I don't have one and I want one. Yep. And that is probably a massive reason as to why apple does things the way that it does yep um that is you know again marketing 101 right you've got to make people feel like they need to have the thing because otherwise they're not cool and that's even more important to be able to try and do that when you're selling a fashion product i suppose yep you're you're absolutely right you hit it right on the head so my thought process it was a fomo b oh my goodness it's not that I'm just missing out for a little while. I'm missing out for a while already. And this was at seven in the morning. Now, as it turns out, I had already missed, I guess, the major wave because last I had heard, the ship dates didn't slip that much more, even by the end of that Friday. So I had woken up relatively early on, on the East Coast of the U.S., so rel- relatively early for the entirety of the U.S., amongst those that didn't wake up at three. But, mm-hmm. but, as it turns out, even as the rest of the United States woke up and went through, you know, w- went through their normal days, not that many more people ended up ordering because I think the ship dates might have slipped to July on a couple of watches. It wasn't that bad. Sure. I feel like a large percentage of the people that were ordering the f- before release date order in that first hour. Yep, I, I agree. And and I did not do that. And so I'm going to have to wait until June. Um, the other The other thing that happened to me was I thought to myself, you know what, even though this is not at all my style, and even though I really hate returning things for a plethora of reasons, not the least of which is the awkward social interaction that is associated with it. Oh, we need to talk about that one day. (laughs) Okay. Um, I thought to myself, worst case scenario, I, I don't cancel the order, and then I just return it after a week or a week and a half. And at least at that point, I will have lived with it and I will have known, you know what, this is not for me. So that's why I ordered. And I ordered, I could look it up, but suffice to say, between 7 and 7.30 Eastern time on the day that it was available for pre-order. And my ship date was just June, as far as I can recall. Um, that Later that day, as I'd said, I went and crashed the try-on appointment and... As I talked about in my blog post, my blog post was kind of a, um, 
uh, the, my aggregate feelings between the try-on appointment I had Friday where it wasn't me again. I was just watching the try-on appointment and the try-on appointment that was for me the following Sunday. Well, when I left the try-on appointment on Friday where I had just seen Joel and Steph uh, try them on and then I did use the little white porcelain, or not porcelain, um, plastic uh, demo unit. Acrylic. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um and I left that experience thinking, oh, my God, this product is terrible. It's laggy. It doesn't work half the time. I don't like it at all. Hmm. Fast forward two days. I tried it again. I tried it on my wrist. And imme- the first one I tried on was the one I pre-ordered. I looked down and immediately thought, oh, God, that looks so cool. And then <laughs> any chance of me canceling this order pretty much went out the window. Um but on top of that, I used the same demo unit. Now, these are different Apple stores, so it's not literally the same unit, but, you know, it's the same idea. And I found that that particular watch or that particular demo box was not near as unresponsive as the one I had tried up in D.C. And that also gave me hope that, you know what, maybe things aren't so bad. So I mean everything I said on that blog post, which is I'm still hemming and hawing about it but i guess i ordered because i wanted the insurance of having an order in so even even if i choose to cancel it you know what oh well then i wasted five minutes at seven o'clock on friday morning but if i if i end up concluding that i really really want one like if you get yours and you call me from your watch dick tracy style and say Hmm. holy cow you have no idea Uh, (laughs) you have no idea how awesome this is, you must have one, then at least I know, well, you know what? One's on the way. I don't know. I've been talking for a long time. Make fun of me. Make me feel stupid. Do what you got to do. I don't think I need to, I don't think I need to make fun of you and I don't want to make fun of you. And I, and I only laugh because of how surprised. Oh, it's absurd. It's totally absurd. No, but this is the thing. I don't, I don't think that the act is absurd, like buying one. I I just and, and I don't even think absurd is the right word. I was just very very surprised by, um, how you did what everyone was expecting you were gonna do, uh, but as fast as you did it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like because the thing is, it's like I don't think that anybody is or should be judging you because we all bought them. It was just the the interestingness in that you were trying to be really strong willed about it. Uh, but the marketing machine just grabbed you anyway, and but that's what it's intended to do. You're not a sucker. Uh, I am, but I'm not. Like I okay. understand what you're, you're saying. You're no more of a sucker than anybody else, really. I guess I don't know. I I think part of the reason I was being so devout in my denial that I was going to get one is because I was hoping that if I publicly shamed myself on these podcasts, that it would give me the self-control not to place the order and then FOMO hit and I totally place the order. Yeah, but like, you know, if you just look at your own personal history, like, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Like, that stuff doesn't right. work. And that's why Erin was laughing the entire time and I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe I won't get one and she was like, okay, whatever you say, Casey. She knew. But of course she knows me better than I know me, so that's not really surprising. Yeah, I'm... I'm very surprised. I, I am. I'm very surprised that you ordered it before you saw it. That that is the thing that I find the most in the most interesting. Um, clearly, you have you have uh, 
you have quite strong FOMO receptors. <laughs> Especially because you, you know, didn't see any tweets or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I just like I said, it you know, this is a terrible analogy, but it's the best one I can think of. Part of the reason we bought the Olympus camera that we bought before Declan was born was because I didn't want to regret not having had a really nice camera for when he well, there are nicer cameras out there. I'm not trying to start a photography war, but I didn't want to regret not having something nicer than the iPhone for these moments that we can never get back. You know, a, I didn't want to look back and say, oh, God, that picture would have been so much more beautiful if I'd had a proper camera with proper glass on it, etc. And I completely and utterly stand by having done that because not only have I taken partially, mostly because of luck, partially because of skill, um, some really beautiful pictures of Declan and Aaron and Declan. But on top of that, I, I know that I have, I, I spent the money I needed to spend in order to get really good pictures of my son at a time when I will never be able to go back and get those pictures again. That is way more important than a stupid watch, but it's a similar sort of thing. Like, why not just place the order so at least I won't regret having waited? And then, worst case, I cancel it. Or, worst case, I return it. And what have I really hurt by doing that? Not really anything at all. Well, I agree with this, because this was partly my my idea. It was like I wasn't 100% sure over what watch I wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I knew, but I felt like it could change. Remind me what you did but, end up ordering. Uh, I went with the aluminium sport with the blue band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think that's the uh, underscore model, actually, as well. It's, it's for the, the men of great taste model. <laughs> oh, I see. That's, that's what it is. Basically, it's it's for the the nerd who refuses to wear any, like, to wear, like, just black, you know? It, the 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 I I can't, I can't remember I think it may may have been on your show, um saying about how that all black model that all black sport that's mm-hmm. the nerd one oh absolutely um, it seems that the standard issue men's watch is the forty two millimeter space gray aluminum the standard issue women's watch is the thirty eight millimeter uh what is it aluminum uh pink what is this called space let me try that again the thirty Eight millimeter silver aluminum case pink sport band is a standard issue women's watch from what I can tell. Yep. And then I think the blue one is for the guys that want to be a little bit more adventurous. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I hadn't decided completely if I was going to go sport and and then I wasn't sure about what extra band I wanted because I knew that I wanted an extra band. I, I don't want to be wearing the blue band every day. Mm-hmm. All day. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get a nice band, one of the nicer bands. Um, but I knew I was going to put my order in, so I had my order in. And then if I needed to change, I could change later. So I'm saying like it's, that's the similar sort of like thought process, but your thought process came in the 11th hour, well, in the 25th hour, um, after vehemently fighting against it. That's just what I find interesting. I yeah, just think yeah, it's yeah. interesting. No, it's fair. And I'm not proud of it like i i stand by my thought process and i not that you're arguing with me but i stand by it but i'm not proud of it at the same time but i don't think you need to be ashamed of it i'm slightly ashamed but that's okay 
Well, it will all go away in a the couple of months. The moments I strap that thing to my wrist, it'll all go away. Let's hope that you get it before WWDC and it doesn't like arrive that week, uh, which is definitely what's going to happen. It's going to, it's absolutely what's going to happen. It's what I deserve. I mean, I didn't, I didn't put in the effort to wake up early. Again, I stand by the reason why not, but I didn't put in the effort to wake up early. And so I deserve to be not punished, but I can't think of a better word for it, punished because of it. Like, it's not really fair for me to just, you know, waltz into the store, so to speak, when, when the king is woken up and say, oh, well. I have just woken up and I have decided I would like a watch. Please give it to me immediately and make sure it's there by WWDC. If not, you know, that's not fair. So we'll see, but um, I'm going to feel totally, I'm going to feel like a total loser when I have my Timex Weekender strapped to my wrist as all of you are pinging away on your Apple watches, ignoring each other. This week's episode of Analog is also brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code FEELS at checkout. It's going to give you that lovely 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a home on the internet, I think that Squarespace is the place. I think it's the place for everyone. Like, There are so many things about building a website that you either A, don't know how to do, or B, don't want to do, or just don't want to have to fuss yourself with. And that's where Squarespace can help you take control of things and make something that looks really, really beautiful. Squarespace have fantastic looking designs. Their templates are so awesome. They all feature responsive web design built right in. They're always adding more beautiful templates. They partner with great, uh, cool musicians and artists and architects and many other different types of profession to cater uh, to create like specific templates that cater to each of them. You know, so but the, all of these can be used by anyone. They have great uh, templates for blogs for businesses and stuff like that. Squarespace also has something that they call the cover page. This allows you to create create a single page website for your Squarespace site. Um, that can be your entire website or it can sit in front of your website and you can apply different templates to your standard template that you have for the rest of your site so it can have a cool fresh look to it. Uh, maybe call attention to a new project that you're working on or something like that. And that's the really interesting things that cover pages can enable you to do. Squarespace have also partnered with Getty Images. This would give you uh, stock photography so maybe you're uh, looking for some stock photography for your again for, for the site for your business or for your store or maybe just to put in some blog posts or something like that that you're working on or this partnership that they've that Squarespace and Getty have can get you these images for just ten dollars each which you won't you're not going to find prices like that anywhere else it's such a fantastic deal um, all of this stuff is uh, built on top of the great core that has been at Squarespace's platform for such a long time like their rock solid fast hosting their 24 7 support with live chat and email they have teams located in New York Dublin and Portland who are there to help you for this stuff um, and Squarespace's commerce platform as well which enables enables anybody to add a store to their Squarespace site. That's how we sell our uh, Relay FM merchandise. We have a relay.fm slash store or store.relay.fm. 
it's uh, how you are going to find our t-shirts and stickers and that's all powered by Squarespace which is really cool and they make that super easy for us and if you want to stretch Squarespace further you can do that uh, they have their dev platform they've added more functionality to that recently with Squarespace 7 um, it allows you to take your Squarespace site further than ever before it allows you to get in and really tinker around with the code and make some changes and some do some fun things if you sign up for a year with Squarespace you'll also get a free domain name um, and Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you do decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS, that's F-E-E-L-S at checkout. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, build it beautiful. I have to come clean. Okay. I haven't told you the entire story. Oh, okay. I, I I was mulling over whether or not to bring this up, so you didn't, like, deny me from telling the story. But I'm going to come clean and tell the rest of my Apple Watch story. <laughs> okay. This part I kind of didn't mention on my blog post. Okay. Would you like this to, is just for analog this listeners. This is just for analog listeners. Would you like to guess what the rest of the story is? Did you wake up really early? No, actually not at all. I haven't lied to you. I've just, well, I have lied only by omission. I have not lied outright. Have you bought more than one of them? I may have. Did you buy one for Erin? Yes, I did. Does she know? She does, although I did not tell her immediately. Is that just a gift? Um, I don't... Is it to make you feel a bit better? (laughs) Well, it's funny you ask that. Um... So it's a couple of things. One, I think she might really like it if, I don't mean this in the, in a nasty way, but if she gives it a chance. Like, she is predisposed not to like it for many, many, many perfectly valid reasons. She doesn't typically wear a watch. She isn't a slave to her phone like like I am. She typically doesn't really care if she misses, misses out on things. Her FOMO basically does not exist at all. Um, and so for... For plenty of completely valid and reasonable reasons, um, she really doesn't have any interest in it. But I ordered her one for a couple of reasons. One, I think she might enjoy it if she, you know, tries it and gives it a shot for like a week. Two, it makes me feel slightly better about my purchase. And three, <laughs> I'm actually really, I, I feel like I would miss out And she would miss out, but I would miss out on part of the Apple Watch experience if she didn't have one, too. And I think that that's exactly what you wanted to talk about. And so I'm stealing some of your thunder here. Um, And so I wanted to order her one as well so we can get the full experience together, assuming we both stick with it. But I think I'm stealing your thunder. So why don't you tell me what you wanted to talk about? Well, I mentioned this previously about um, wanting... uh for Adina to have an Apple Watch for the communication stuff. And she, uh, I was surprised how much she actually liked the Apple Watch because she was starting to get a bit down on it. But mm-hmm. when we went and saw it together, she was as blown away as I was. I can't remember why we haven't placed an order for her. There is, There was a reason that I can't remember that I feel like I need to follow up on that. Um, I think maybe, maybe she just, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Um, 
there was a there is a reason, but I don't I can't remember the reason, which is frustrating me now. Uh, but she does want one, so she will be getting one as well. And it's and and I want her to have one because the communication stuff I think is pretty important to me um, too. Which is the you know, and I mentioned this about you know we have our own little words that we say to each other, which prompted uh, at Mrs. Soup on Twitter to say something that I think is really nice that. Um, her and her husband squeeze three times to say like this they, they squeeze like maybe like their hands or in a hug or something to say uh, three times to say that i love you ah, and she's mm-hmm. saying that she yeah she almost wants uh, a watch just to do that that's delightful because three taps or something you know mm-hmm. i actually have a aaron and i have a similar thing um when i was growing up um pagers were a thing and and they were numeric at the time. And so even though I never had a pager, I had a few friends that had them. And so I would like get the lingo from them. And one one of the pieces of lingo, like there was 911. If you got page 911 and then a number, that means call that number immediately. Something's really wrong. So, um, but one of the things that people would page each other is 143. And for the longest time, I never knew what that meant. And they're, in the phrase, I love you, I is one letter, love is four letters, and you is three letters. And so Aaron and I will use that as a little code. Sometimes that means squeezing each other's hand one time, then four times, and three times. Sometimes it'll be written out in in text form. Um, so, But very similar to what you and Mrs. Soup are talking about. It's just like a little code between us that, that we know what that means. And it's a little nonverbal cue. And and that's exactly what I'm thinking is that the I would I would be sad to miss out on these sorts of things. That's a lot of hand squeezing. It is. It's a lot more. It's like eight squeezes, right? Yeah, but you know what? She's worth it. I'm in it for the long haul. All eight squeezes. <laughs> the long haul of squeezing. <laughs> There's a show title. Oh, goodness. Um, it's like I mentioned, like we have our own like words and, and the, like our own little language that we have established over time um, that we use of each other. Uh, and so... I mean, like, so much of our communication is is based in not conversation, but just we're communicating in a way to uh, show each other that we're thinking of each other. And I think that there is an element of the Apple Watch which is can only be used in uh, romantic relationships. Um, and I think it's being built that way. Uh, because you can use it in friend re- friendship relationships, but I think it's not as um, intimate. There are things like there are things that me and you could send to each other, little drawings or whatever. But I don't think we would keep that up. No, I agree. Like, I can't. I can't imagine us doing that for more than a couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. sending taps to my girlfriend. Um, I can imagine you tapping me in this scenario. I'm not like, sure where to go from here because my I am not adult enough for this conversation anymore. You, you talking about uh, anyway? <laughs> uh, like you know, like let's say you need we're talk, we're recording and you need to get my attention. Uh, you know, oh, that's I can brilliant. See that. I never thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Hmm. Because it, it could be the the best way to get somebody's attention. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but. I, I can't imagine us using it very often, but I can imagine using it with Adina very frequently. I can see it being a way that we would communicate, which is why I want her to have a, a watch. And I think I do believe it's one of the reasons that she wants one, other than the fact that she thinks that it was just super cool. 
Yeah. Like we were like beaming after being in the Apple store. Yeah. Um, it's a real, real cool uh, experience. Did, did Erin, Erin went with you for the try on? She did, but I, I was fairly rushed. Like I said, my blog posts, a uh, friend of mine was up from Florida, which I'd forgotten was going to happen um, when I'd scheduled the appointment. And so I didn't do the best job in, in terms of timing for the appointment. She did see the watch. I honestly can't tell what she thought of it. You know, I've kind of asked and she was like, oh yeah, whatever. But I felt like I saw a little twinkle in her eye. I'm not sure if I'm making that up and that's just wishful thinking, but um, it seemed like she was kind of into it. She didn't, I don't know if she tried one on. I don't recall her having tried one on, but she certainly like played with with one a little bit. And the, and the Apple rep that was working with us was very nice. You know, Aaron at one point had asked if she could just see one and had, you know, picked it up. And I had already had one on my wrist, I think at the time. And, and I wouldn't have faulted the guy if he was like, no, 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 no one at a time but he was very good about it that's why i'm very surprised to have heard a lot of people say they had really pushy or really uh grumbly reps how was your experience because the way you talk about it, it sounds like it was great oh it was amazing right see that's what i'm the, saying the guy was just super attentive yeah. and we we got we had back-to-back appointments so they took us together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and they, he was just fantastic. But I think it's like you're dealing with humans, right? They're not taught to be like robots. Sure. So they're probably told to make it as nice and as great and as warm as possible. But you might just be dealing with somebody on a bad day or whatever. Yeah. Or just someone who doesn't care. Yeah, both both um, the appointment, the Joel's appointment, um, he and Steph went at the same time and I kind of stuck with Joel. And then when I had my own, both the, the reps were super attentive, super nice, didn't rush us at all. Like I was expecting that you were basically going to be politely told you may choose two watches and that's that and then get the crap out of the way. Neither time was that the case. They were happy to go swapping, you know, through the 13 different watches we ended up wanting to try, you know. Um, and, and again, I was a little rushed, but that was my own fault. I've been debating going back either by myself to have a little more time or maybe even having Erin go back and um, see what she thinks. But with the, with Declan, everything becomes a little more challenging. So we'll see what actually happens. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I It was I'm in retrospect quite happy that um Adina tried the watch on before me. Mm-hmm. Um it, it I think it was just better cuz then I wasn't completely lost and 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 I got to be excited for her excitement um as well as me just wanting to do it. And then when um you know like the acrylic boxes. Yeah, yeah. We then both just were trying them ourselves like so she had one and I had one mm-hmm. and we were just hanging out in the store for like 20 or 30 minutes just playing around mm-hmm. and like maneuvering around um but yeah i mean i'm i'm really excited for it um and and i hope that she can get one soon enough i mean obviously considering the fact that we haven't ordered one for her yet <laughs> there's going to be a, a gap sure. uh, in in between the time um, did you ever, did you ever decide what alternate band you're going to get? Did you say that and I missed it? Yeah, I'm gonna get Milanese, uh, Milanese, Milan, Milanese. I don't know how you pronounce uh, it, but I love that one. When I did my try on, that was far and away my favorite. And mm-hmm. and when when the watches first were announced, I I thought to myself, I'm gonna have the Milanese or however you pronounce it. Sorry, Federico. Uh, I want that one. And then over time, I became obsessed with I think 
was it Steven that called it the Darth Vader, um, the, the watch, which was the, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the space black uh, steel with link bracelet. And having seen it in person, though, not having tried it on, I'm a little underwhelmed by it. But I did try on the link bracelet a little underwhelmed, the, the silver one or aluminum or steel, whatever it was, a little underwhelmed by that. And I tried on the Milanese and I loved it. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, they're all shipping in June here too. Got to get on that. Maybe at this rate, I'll just see what the situation is like closer to the time and I could just buy a one when I'm in WWDC. That's very possible. And does that work out in your benefit financially? Like, is the... Yes, of course. Okay. The dollar, my friend, tis, tis weak to the great, oh, great God. British pound. Of course. The strong currency. I'm sorry. I'm sorry anyone who listens from America. I walked right into that. I'm so sorry. The strong iron currency oh, of God. this great nation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Analog on Relay FM. I don't remember the rest. I would like to thank our sponsors for this week, <laughs> Harry's, Wealthfront, and Squarespace. If you'd like to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can find the show notes for this week's episode over at relay.fm slash analog slash 36. You can find the managing director and editor-in-chief of CaseyList.com, <laughs> CaseyList at CaseyList.com, and at CaseyList on Twitter, CaseyList, CaseyList, CaseyList. Hi. Um, I am uh, iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter, um, and uh, we'll be back next time. Thank you so much for listening. Say goodbye, Casey Liss. I'll see you later, Mike.